Welcome to All Things Tibet, a podcast hosted by Taylor and Brittany. We'll be coming to you with brand new episodes every Tuesday. If you want to tweet along as you listen, feel free to use the hashtag AllThingsTibetPod. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. This is really weird. Welcome to episode 16 of All Things Tibet. I'm Taylor. And joining me is not Brittany, but here we have the lovely Jules, who you may recognize from our last episode. Uh, yes, hi, this is Jules from Bet and Tina, House of Stir Fry. I couldn't yes. get enough last time, so here I am back to pinch back for, it. For back more punishment. For more punishment and to pinch it for Brittany to, to chip in and help out. Yeah. Being a giant nerd and being an adult with her family today but she didn't want that to stop you from getting your episode this week so instead she has made a huge mistake and left the ship entirely in my hands so (laughs) here we go and this week I'm very excited we have our friends here from a very cool podcast Mm -hmm. we have Molly and Becca from Do Ladies Do That I'm super excited about it. So hi, guys. Hi. Hello. <laughs> so I'm really excited to have you guys here. I've been wanting to get you on for a while. So for those of you who may not be familiar, because, you know, we, a lot of the people we've had on have been, you know, very L-word specific people. You guys are a little bit different. So describe the basic premise of your podcast for us. Hey, Molly, do you want to do it or me? I was thinking you could, because you normally do the little intro bit, which just describes <laughs> oh, the whole too- thing. Yeah. Yeah, basically, we're just two lesbians who wanted to take our discussions about LGBTQ plus media out of the DMs and into the podcast. One day, Molly just turned to me with the idea, and I was like, come on, let, let's do it. Like, what what's the harm? So, yeah, we just talk about LGBTQ plus media, films, TV shows, queer people in the public eye, and our own experiences as well. So, yeah. <laughs> That's we ask, what do we ladies do. do that? Yeah. And it turns out they do a lot, right? Yeah, a lot yeah. of the time they do. <laughs> I love that. So you said out of the DMs. So I'm guessing this means that you would rant at each other in your DMs a lot. Yes. yes we'd send each other tweets like oh my god oh my god like look at this and we'd just be ranting for ages and then we just decided why just why not just start a podcast well molly brought the idea forward and i'd never really thought about doing something like that but it just felt right and i can't explain it because i tend to be quite an incisive person but when it came to molly asking me that i was like yeah let's do it <laughs> yeah we were in a group chat and a, there was loads of arguments going on in this group chat but for whatever reason me and yeah. Becca just seemed to get on and everything was all <laughs> fine and good and the disagreements that we had about media and queer rep and all that mm-hmm. it was like a conversation rather than an argument whereas all these Definitely. other people were arguing constantly and blocking people and everything and me and Becca were like this is so funny <laughs> <laughs> Like, we were definitely on the same wavelength where, like, a lot of the other people in the fandom weren't like us. Like, they couldn't have a joke about certain things. Yeah. Or, 
you know, they took things really seriously and really to heart. And I don't know, me and Molly didn't really vibe with that. Because if you take things too seriously, you're just going to get hurt, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. And so then we ended up this, in the L word stands and now it's amazing. Yeah. Great. I enjoy it here. <laughs> <laughs> They're so funny. I've met some of the best people being an L word stand. They're just on the same wavelength and they all have like their crackhead hours. And <laughs> it's just hilarious. And like, I could talk to them about the L word about anything. And like, if I needed them for something serious, they can like be nice and serious and they're just really good friends. So it's just really nice being here. Yeah. And there's that age difference as well because you've got Gen Q now. So obviously me and Becca are teens-ish. I'm just out of yeah. teens. But then there's people in like their thirties and forties and people yeah. in their late twenties. And it's just really, it's a nice mix going on. Yeah, like, I'm, I mean, we have had our run-ins with a few people, but it's not there's a lot more it's a lot more calm than our old fandom that we were in wow. and yeah, yeah. it is <laughs> yeah. yeah it is this is why you're Trust me. lovely yes you have a great kind of even heel about you when dealing with all, so many different types of fans and i when i yeah. see when i see you guys online you know you just talk about what you want to talk about and you don't you try not to get into any kerfuffle with people and you stay in your lane yeah. and it's very clear what you believe in and that makes it so much easier mm -hmm. to get along with y'all because I know you know we get along and we believe in the same things and which is nice to talk about you know the yeah. show together so it's always you know I, it's a pleasure when I see you both uh well, well I see Molly more uh <laughs> Becca come on get in there I know I have taken a bit of like a, a twitter hiatus for the past couple of months for some reason, like, do you ever go through phases where you're obsessed with Twitter and then one day it's like, hmm, yeah. I'm not really fussed about this app right now. And then so I'm getting back into my Twitter phase, so get ready for more tweets because <laughs> right on I am spending right. months. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right on time for season two. Exactly. Yeah. Like, Molly will just text me things that, like, have been going on on Twitter for the past couple yeah. of, like, weeks. She'll be like, oh, my God, have you seen the trailer? And I was like, no. And she'll, like, watch it right now. <laughs> or don't. It'd been, like, four days, and Becca was like, I've not seen it. And I was like, what? <laughs> that was literally my reaction. It's a teaser. It's not really It's like, GG yeah. and Beck, go. <laughs> oh, my God. That must have been an experience to find out about. Yeah, when she, when she said that, I was like, really? I wasn't expecting that. It's hard to know what to expect with this show, let's be honest. Expectations so are not really a thing. Yeah. Okay, so speaking of the L word, let's, let's talk a little bit about that. So I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Molly, you watched it first? Yes. Well, kind of. <laughs> Becca started it and then gave up. Oh, yeah, I started it. Was it? I can't remember if it was before the pandemic or. Oh no, it was because I was still in college, um, and I, I started watching it. I wasn't really that invested in it. It was just more of like a background show. I know, hate me. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> but then I sort of gave up on it for a bit. And by a bit, I mean like nine months. And then Molly started getting that. into it. Yeah. Baker, you have to watch this because we have to talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, and then I saw <laughs> quite a few tweets and like fan cams and stuff, and I was like, right, I'm gonna get back into it. And yeah, 
What's he going to stop at, Becca? Um, I think I stopped at season somewhere in season two. Oh. No? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you made I it all the it... way through season one. I know. <laughs> oh, I did. Yeah. 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 And I think by the time I got back into it, I couldn't remember like where it had ended. So I just started watching from a random like episode where I was like, right, I don't know if I've seen this one, but if I have, I'm just going to watch it anyway. <laughs> Fair. Fair enough. Yeah. So after that happened, so you rewatched it, Becca, and then that's when you guys did your podcast episodes after you both had seen it yes yes and yeah I was definitely more invested that time around though like in comparison to when I first started watching it because I didn't see anyone on Twitter really engaged in it like Molly hadn't started watching it at that point so when Molly started watching it and I saw a few other people on Twitter start had started watching it I was like okay there's got to be a fandom for this like I expected there to be like an older fandom but not like a younger fandom um, I, did, I also I knew of Gen Q because I'd recorded it on my TV like months before that, but obviously I realised I couldn't watch that until I'd watched the Elwood. Um, but then, yeah, I just fell in love with it and got a bit too obsessed with Helena Peabody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, rightly so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, like that's a fair character to be obsessed yeah. with. She's a good one. Who could blame me? No, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of those podcast episodes, I think yeah. I'm going to toss it over to Jules, who's got some great questions about those. Yeah. I mean, oh, okay. I, I, I actually, I really enjoyed those two episodes that you, you guys did. I thought Thank you. you. <laughs> seriously, yeah, yeah. No, no, you're, you know, being or that Gen, you're Gen Z, I think, probably, whatever. You're, yeah. you're a youngin, and you actually got so much of what, was actually on air you weren't kind of spinning anything you know your criticisms were very fair and your reasoning was very sane and I appreciated that so much <laughs> I, not, I nodded my head so much you know and there are a lot of podcasts well there are a couple of podcasts out there that are just very almost like reveling in the how to you know almost reveling in how and making fun of the show a little bit in their criticism yeah. And you guys did not do that. And uh, I applaud you for that. You, you, you made so much sense. And I just wanted to say that. Oh, oh thank you. Totally, totally, totally. So that's why I was like, oh, you, I, I think I even wrote to Molly. I was like, you guys should do like episode recaps or something. Because that you, you need that kind of a, a sanity. Uh, well, we, yeah. were, we were discussing this a wee while ago because we've moved to doing fortnightly episodes. And we were like, should we do like a wee bit of every episode for season two? Or should we just Ooh. do like a quick round up like what sort of thing are we going to do for that so we'll probably ask people on twitter reach out on yeah. instagram and just be like hey what do people want yeah <laughs> that's do the it. most effective do way <laughs> you should i mean you could blend it into your you know your normal programming you know that would be yeah, yeah. Really wonderful. so let's start with the l the l word i guess when you did your uh your l word podcast mm -hmm. um, yeah i think becca you said that um it's okay for your favorite characters to have affairs with each other, but not in real life. So let's talk about that belief of yours. <laughs> Why it applies to Bet and Tina? What is it about that Bet and Tina that makes it okay? <laughs> Molly, do you want to answer this one? Oh, uh, Becca. Molly or Becca, yeah. 
Well, right. I don't know where the logic is in it, but I think it's because in television, even though it's supposed to like portray reality in some some aspects, obviously, it just I'll see things happen and I'll be like, oh, that's fine, it's on TV. But then if I try and place that in real life, I'll be like, oh no, that's so wrong. Yeah. But with Ben and Tina, I'm just like, mm, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I think it's because you shift these like two characters together. And sometimes there's been so many obstacles that get in the way. You're like, do you know what? Even if it doesn't come in the most the greatest way, i.e. through Jean. <laughs> it, as as long as it's together, it's okay. <laughs> and also it adds to the drama. Like, where yeah. would the L word be without the drama? Sure. Yeah. Yes, yes. One of my favorite, one of my favorite scenes is when, and I think the most one of the most clever scenes is when Beth's trying to tell Jodie that she loves Tina and she wants to go back to Tina. Yeah. And it's she's been it's been building up for so so long. And then she tells her, and I think they're by the pool, and it's like mm-hmm. this, oh, she's finally told her, and then Correct. suddenly realize that Jodie's Jodie's deaf. Yeah. And it's like that that goes <laughs> away from your mind for for a slight second because you're like, oh my gosh, the revelation. And then you realize it's not actually been revealed, and that's my favorite like scene during season five well between Ben and Jodie I think that's something that you have to remember throughout this whole thing like we're saying it's for the drama and it's really good and Mm. in the same way that I agreed with Becca that cheating's okay if it's your favorite characters (laughs) I want Ben and Tina together I really really do but if it was real life they wouldn't be together Mm. and if they they wouldn't have had Angie I highly doubt they would have had Angie because they would have broken up in season one originally but Angie is the only thing, if it was real life, keeping them together. Yeah. yeah. And they would have nothing in common. If Angie was out the picture, they would have nothing in common. They have different goals. They have different aims, different qualities and all different things. So it's good TV to see them together in this angst that we've got going on in GNQ just now. Mm-hmm. But if it was real life, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be happening. Yeah. Right. Quite and I think a lot of people need to understand that when they're giving the they're all into things yeah 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 i think yeah i think there's also like a discussion about about genre and tone that needs to kind of be discussed here because i think it really does change depending on the genre and the tone of the piece right you know like the l Mm -hmm. word in many ways is kind of a lesbian soap opera yeah and yeah. <laughs> if it if it wasn't that you know if it was going for realism in any sense of the word it would feel so horrible to have any of that happen it, yeah definitely but Bet because stolen auntie or anything right <laughs> all of that would have had so much more consequences but yeah. because it's like that's why everybody says it's the l word that's what that means like mm-hmm. it's, Drama. it's dramatic it's you know all of these words that we associate with you know i could go on a whole rant about why people associate that genre with being bad but I won't. But my point is that I think people are just not realizing that it's like, it's okay because it's it's playing into the genre. 
the TV yeah. drama. Um, we needed we need characters like like Helena, like Jody, like like all these other people that are not Tina and not Bet that they kind of hooked up with, right? We needed mm-hmm. to see jealous Bet and uh, we needed to see more people. of Brenda. Who? Brenda. Oh, oh Brittany's gonna be so <laughs> sad so she wasn't here. I forgot she's, about Brenda. Yes, <laughs> she's gonna be so sad she wasn't here. <laughs> her one true love. Yeah. So I mean, Tuffle. I think you mentioned in that podcast that you uh, you were okay with Jody being with Bet. Talk a little bit about that. What What about that relationship was important? Oh, I love. I Jody. yeah. I know Molly was like the biggest fan of Jodie and the actress as well. For me, I really liked how they incorporated sign language into it and how it became this focus for Vet because she wants to learn how to communicate with Jodie more rather than try and get Jodie to understand her more, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like she actively tried to be a really good listener yeah. and, you know, she was trying. She'd accept. She was trying, and that's so important. I thought their relationship was going to be quite healthy, but they also challenged each other in ways that Bet that Bet and Tina didn't. So, mm-hmm. even though that might be a good thing that they're quite alike, you know, they're, they're both in like the art world, and um, they both got a lot to talk about. They've got this passion; they're very driven by it. Mm-hmm. They are very opinionated and mm-hmm. very in their own right. Yeah, and. That is often a recipe for disaster when you've got two people so similar that they just absolutely clash. And yeah, and yeah I do I do love their relationship though. Obviously, the, the whole cheating thing mm. and how Jodie is afterwards, especially with the art piece. I still want to know how she managed to record all them. Right. Things. By the way, it makes no sense. Cameras like, I really don't understand how that <laughs> was meant to have happened at all. <laughs> but yeah. 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 Like, was Jody wearing a wire for their entire <laughs> relationship? Like, Jody undercover spy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, body cam on her the whole time. <laughs> their uh, entire relationship was just for the art piece. Like, <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me, to be honest. It's very Josie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, I feel like Jody also like held up a mirror to Bet a little bit. Yes. So yeah. Right. And yeah. Uh, maybe Bet started to see. Oh, oh, I'm, 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 wasn't the easiest person to be with. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah. And I do, I, I don't know if this is an unpopular, like, opinion, but especially in the first season, I wasn't the biggest Tina and Bet fan because I felt like Bet sort of did think Tina was below her in yeah. a lot of senses and it did You're show correct. that, but. Yeah, yeah, but it did. That dynamic did change a lot throughout the show, especially when Tina became a lot more stronger in herself and more confident as a person. Because before that, she just sort of let Bet take the lead and boss her around and be like the dominant one in the relationship. Mm-hmm. And I prefer it when Tina doesn't let people walk all over it and mm-hmm. yes. doesn't let people think they're better than ever. Because I think Bet did have problems with superiority and wanting to be the breadwinner and you know want to be the support like the one who supports Tina rather than be vulnerable and allow someone else to support her 
And that's mm-hmm. the thing with Jodie as well, because Jodie took that role on as such. Like, they were both <laughs> sort of fighting for it. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Marley Matlin's a deaf actress, and you had all that going on, but I think that that communication barrier, when Bette has struggled with communication with Tina the whole time, then right. just made Bette and Tina better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is why I loved it so much. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're making me see a whole different side of Jodie and Bette, because it wasn't <laughs> my favourite, and I was like, oh, they dragged this on so long, but I, no. I can see. No, yeah. I love them. Yes. Well, and I think <sighs> if you if you look at it, what does Jennifer always say about Jodie and Bette? She always says that Bette learned so much from Jody yeah. and she yeah. absolutely did. I mean, when I think of Bet and Jody's relationship, the scene that I think of the most is that scene after the dinner party. That line, that one line when Jody just looks at her and she says, "What you want in a relationship is not someone who works with you. You want someone who works yeah. for you." Yeah. And just mm-hmm. the fact that somebody said those words to Bet's face, Bet Porter, yeah, because Tina would never, right, would never in a hundred years would Tina no. stand up for herself like that, right, and. And, you know, to that point, I think that's one of the things that I love most about Tina's story. And part of the reason that I think that she needed to step away from Bet, and part of the reason that I get frustrated at some of the missed opportunities with her as a character, because her story kind of happens behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Tina's, Tina's story is actually this incredible story of this woman who goes from, you know, this very sort of lost, you know, woman that has sort of like, that doesn't know how to set proper boundaries and has Mm -hmm. lost the ability to properly stand up for herself, even with the person that she should be able to do it with most and who gradually learns how to slowly stand on her own two feet again, but it just kind of happens in the background. Yeah, And I think that's part of the reason I get so frustrated. Like, why did we not see more of this? Like, yeah, that's such such a good story. If you just showed Mm -hmm. it, like it could have been so good. As much as I love Beth, I do think she was like the four character like she was always the main character right. whereas Tina was seen as more of a side character even though she was equally one of the main characters right. and yeah. I mean we got to see quite a lot of people's stories like we got to see Dana's story quite a lot of Alice mm-hmm. but for some reason Tina is seen as the character who had problems but it was like alongside someone else yeah it didn't it didn't like focus on her as an individual it was always like how her decisions affect other people or how it it never really truly explored how she really felt as much as it should have I felt like it was always like you have Bette and Tina and everybody talks about and it's like Bette and Tina Mm -hmm. and Tina just seemed to be an extension of Bette like everything she did was for Bette yeah thing like when even when she went she got with Henry it was like she's doing this to hurt Bet, and it was all about how yeah. it wasn't about how Tina felt 
happen to leave the relationship and find herself and discover things about herself and become her own person it was how it impacted everybody else rather than how (laughs) it was impacting tina yeah which is interesting to me because like when i was doing that research project for school on eileen i don't think that's how eileen saw it when she wrote it because i didn't know this until i did this research project that apparently henry was always the plan oh oh yeah 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 but like to eileen she just always saw tina as a bisexual woman who was gonna have mm-hmm. this relationship with bet and then her next relationship was going to be with a man. And so it's just like, what I want to know is what got lost in translation. Because <laughs> that sounds to me like she viewed Tina as like a whole person who like yeah. had a personality and was capable of like making her own decisions. But that's not how it played out in the show. Yeah. So it's just, it's kind of no, like, okay who made the biphobic decisions is what i'm wondering in that literally they the they never explored tina's i don't know like bisexuality in the slightest no other than in a biphobic terms and by i don't know people like alice especially saying (laughs) things and tina sort of said that she sees like the word lesbian as a political term i still don't really understand you, what that's like, supposed that's to the worst mean it, it was you never like s- tina was like you can tell that that was like the writers being like we can't have two bisexuals yeah. in the same show quick somebody put any other word in her mouth to make it not that she's bisexual sometimes like, i feel like i know tina better than the writers know tina because i'm like tina wouldn't say me that. too like, no like, I, I know exactly. she did but she wouldn't i know but like for real though it's just like that entire just sequence to me is just it's like watching an alien inhabit tina's body but not for the reason (laughs) that i feel like a lot of the fandom Mm -hmm. says it is like a lot of people are like i don't believe that's tina tina would never get with henry that no like that i'm fine with yeah she would like henry until like later yeah i believe that would happen 100 when he for no reason at all turns into an asshole (laughs) like (laughs) when they when he turns into an asshole because the plot needed them to break up he was a relatively attractive kind guy with a kid angie's age who actually like was willing to have the conversations with her that she really needed to have at that moment in her life of course she would look at him and be like yeah you know what i'm gonna go for it Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. that to me was not the weird part the weird part was that was everything else the weird part was being a lesbian is a political identity yeah like Mm -hmm. i'm definitely going like tina tina has worked in the entertainment industry she is good with people there is no way she would throw that party there is no way she has worked in that weird mingling of gay and straight like that's what the entertainment industry is there is no way she would be like yeah let me get like my (laughs) gaggle of lesbian friends and (laughs) that includes my ex-partner and my boyfriend and all of his straight friends 
let's let me throw them at like together at a social function that sounds like a great time <laughs> no like no. no just anyway i don't know how this turned into a tina rant <laughs> this is what happens when you leave me in charge Brittany. <laughs> there's not clearly not enough tina story all that happened in the back like we we didn't you know she went with henry and we didn't see her for a little while and then she's spouting off about you know the political you know being bisexual or whatever lesbian is a bit political statement or something like we didn't see the thought process of what any any of this happened and then and then she came back and like started flirting with kate and then like got back with that and like we nothing has ever been mentioned about like tina being bisexual ever again like it's like it never happened and like, literally made this like a postpartum like phase that's what it they made it out to be yeah like because even when she's talking about it they cut out there's something clearly cut out i can't even remember what episode it is now but bet confronts her about like talking online and there's something clearly cut because they go from talking and she's like, that didn't happen type thing. And then she's like, I have to tell you something in the next scene. And she's really upset and it's really like kind of dark. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what's going on? And then she tells her, but they've cut out like there's a whole chunk that's just missing there. That there could have been a scene somewhere in between there that would have could have given us sense to more of it. Yeah. Like... Anything which told us about like how Tina was feeling and how maybe she just didn't really know what she was feeling. And I know she meant she'd been with Bear and that was like was that the first woman she'd been with mm-hmm. or something like that. Well, yeah. kind of. And she sort of said that she did hint that she was wanting to explore her sexuality a lot more because she'd only really ever known Bear, but they didn't really go further into that or say say how she felt by the time she was trying to get back with Bet. Like I thought that maybe she talked to Bet about it in like a bit of detail and have Bet like sit down and try and listen. But it it just never happened. And it was mm-hmm. like you were always waiting for this to this conversation to be brought up. But at the same time, if I was in Tina's shoes around so many biphobic people, especially yeah. Alice, yeah. I don't know if I'd be comfortable talking to them about it but maybe someone else who you know because they have loads of extras and loads of different guest stars come in and be other characters who aren't in the main friendship clique like the friendship group and you know I I think it would be nice to have a talk with someone who is bisexual and who isn't Alice because Alice even though a character identifies as bisexual she wasn't written as a bisexual character in the slightest like Mm -hmm. her opinions and this that and the other like no and there were no consequences for any of that no there was one line from poppy which i loved but there was that one line and that was it never once did tina sit down like when like they all started like making friends again never once did she go hey by the way guys what you did to me was kind of fucked up and actually was deeply hurtful and mm-hmm. i felt really lonely for yeah. a really long time which mm-hmm. laurel in interview said season 14 was incredibly lonely yeah so like laurel thought about it she knew that mm-hmm. 
it was definitely in her head, you know, but it's just like, why was there, you, this is how you can tell, you know, we've progressed since the original L word came out because yeah. if something like that was written now and there was absolutely no consequences for it, everyone would be like, um, excuse me. Yeah, definitely. No. It's no. something you have to take into consideration when we are discussing the original yes. show is that it was 2004, I think. Yeah. 2009. So yeah. it is a completely different time that we're living in. Exactly. There was this thing I saw on Tumblr the other day that was, I can't remember what the exact quote was, but it was something like, this show was really, really good representation for its time and should be celebrated for that. And this show is really outdated and from today's perspective is actually has some really problematic aspects to it are not yeah. mutually exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that reminds me of the L word. Yeah. Yeah, like I try, I do try and look at it from another perspective as well, but Tina probably didn't stick up for herself because them comments at the time were probably taken in jest and as a light-hearted thing. Whereas now, I think people, a lot of people understand the seriousness, seriousness of it a lot more. Whereas at the time, there was so much biphobia and it was so common to be biphobic. I don't know of Tina would have understood that herself mm-hmm. especially considering she'd I mean I know Alice is bisexual but she'd predominantly been around other lesbians and they've she's probably grown up in that culture where they've said things which are biphobic and I don't know if she saw much wrong with it because of how there wasn't much about it which people saw as offensive in in the friend group like you know nobody really ridiculed Alice for saying what she said like if some say if one of my friends was to say something by book, I would call them out on it and be like hey you can't say that this is why like it doesn't matter if that ruins a relationship with that person it's that's what you should do and stand up for your friends whereas nobody did that and I think that just goes to show that it was a very as much as it was an open-minded friendship group, not towards, it just wasn't towards bisexuals. Yeah, that mm-hmm. wasn't the culture back then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they had that conversation at a basketball game, which yeah. is like, you know, that's how serious yeah. they took, they all took it. They didn't, it yeah. was like shit talk almost, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, it's sad that they didn't make an effort to make it more of a serious conversation. Yeah. Yeah. This is why I really want Angie to be bi, okay? Yeah. Me too, me too. <laughs> you know, no, maybe. Should we segue that into Generation Q? <laughs> yeah. Okay, all right. So so Bet- let's get back to a, a little Bet and Tina. I, have, I do have a question, all right? So the way they came back, Bet and Tina are divorced, right? As a, mm-hmm. a younger fan uh, that, w- that kind of likes Bet and Tina, if they came back to the show together and happy and all that, would you be as invested in them still? Or would you be like, oh, cool, they're together. I think, yeah. Yes. Yes, okay. But I also do not think they would have, I know obviously it wasn't a lot to do because Laurel was in two episodes, but I do not think they would have had those two center episodes. Uh Uh-huh be that big if they were 
still together. Like to, they were pretty much debate focused, really. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I don't think they would have had any episodes focused on them if they were still together because they wouldn't have been such a focus point they would have it would have just been like they're together and this is happening and there would have been a lot more focus on the newer characters right and Tina are very distracting aren't they yeah yeah Yeah. they take up a lot of time time. and you're wondering what's going to happen with them in each episode I remember when I was watching Jane Q and I was like oh you know I'm getting into the show but I'm always wondering oh where's Tina where's yeah moment where we find out where Tina is are we gonna see Tina and 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 maybe are is there still gonna be something so I mean I was just wondering that's my question was basically if they came back and Laurel came back for episode one and they were like yeah I'm away at a shoot or something like that filming a movie Mm -hmm. uh love you talk to you soon (laughs) (laughs) yeah do you think that Mm. yeah exactly would you be as invested I think I would be apprehensive from the very start because yeah. of how they started off happy in the L word together mm-hmm. as a couple. Then obviously they broke up and they did end up back together. But I don't think they were that happy was just <laughs> what? No, <I'm... laughs> but you don't think they were happy in season one? Do you think they were happy? No, I'm, I, I mean like at the very start, like yeah, do like... you think they were happy? <laughs> I mean like they were trying for a baby. I, think, I don't know, but you know what I mean. <laughs> What? No, no. <laughs> wow. But like they started off as a couple, and I don't know if they'd start off as a couple in Gen Q, it would have been like, oh, is this history repeating itself? Mm. Um, in a way, that would probably be my first thought, and especially because it's the L word. So so many twists and turns and affairs, yeah. and yeah. different characters come in, and people are sleeping with others and getting, mm. having a fit. And I think that would have been. <laughs> It's something I'd worry about yeah. with them being all happy families, knowing that that was just the start of something and not, you know, not just like an extra episode or mm-hmm. like knowing that they were making a full blown series and like other series, if they'd ended up together from the beginning, I think I would have been expecting them to break up at some point or for something to go wrong, someone to cheat or yeah, see, I, wouldn't. I can't imagine. It's, it's not like, see, do you know like how, I don't know if you've watched The Fosters, but how um Steph and oh my gosh what's her name Lena Lena Not Lena <laughs> Steph and Lena you, you know they have some turbulent moments in their relationship but you can sort of tell that they're going to be together till the end whereas with Bet and Tina mm-hmm. sometimes I do notice a lot more turbulence than yeah like it's a little bumpy loves forever I think if it was yeah. 10 years later and they were to come back and still be together, so Gen Q, they were still together, mm-hmm. I would have just been like, okay, you've fixed your issues. Like, if you're still together 10 years later, right. you have fixed your issues, and I wouldn't expect any any, any drama. Yeah, exactly. And you know that, Gen, you know, it's a drama, so there's going to be drama. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, yeah. And now, talking about drama... Here, here, here's your here's your chance, Molly. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh. Tina is back. We know that, and we're all excited. I think and happy and seeing, trying to see where this goes. She has a fiance named Carrie. <laughs> How do you feel about Carrie? Molly? How do you feel about? Carrie? Yeah, let's just. I. What's her think, point? Yeah. I think 
I might be a little bit in love with Carrie before I've even met <laughs> a little her. bit. Just a little bit. Like, I just love that Tina seems so happy. Okay. I don't understand where they've where they're going with the fact that she like stayed the extra night when Bet told her not to go because mm-hmm. that it's not clicking as to why she's not telling Carrie this stuff. So we have to meet Carrie to know. But yeah. she seems happy and like when she was talking to Angie she seemed happy enough and yeah. And I love a good bit of angst, so <laughs> I'm just excited to see like where they're going to take it because I cannot figure it out in my head. Well, I mean, there is a reason for Carrie and it's like to emphasize probably the, you know, the difference between her and Bet and why Tina needed to go for now, you know? So there is a point to it all. It's not like they're just throwing it to be angry, to be nasty and spiteful. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I don't think that Tim Carr are ever going to get married. No. I don't think we'll see even close to it. I genuinely think that Bet and Tina will end up together. I don't want them together this season because I'm controversial like that. Mm. But Mm -hmm. I do not think you will get anywhere near a Tina and Carrie wedding. Mm. We may be close to it, but not close enough for it to be like a wedding day yeah yeah it's like three episodes to squeeze yeah i was gonna say how close can you get in three episodes yeah Hmm. so so any predictions angie is gonna be by that is my (laughs) prediction that's just a hope that's just i was gonna say um um hmm i want to know where helen has been i want to know what she's been up to i want to know if a mum's still alive, if anything, like yes. things like Peggy. that. Peggy Peabody is never gonna die. Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah. I hmm. I want Finley to have a love story, and I don't want it to be with Sophie. Can't yeah, I kind of want Sophie to go out of it, but I, <laughs> why are you yeah. like this? Do you like Sophie? No. <laughs> I'm gonna judge you for your opinion, even though I agree. <laughs> oh, but I don't like Danny, so I can't really complain. Yay. Right, Molly, you're so wrong for that. No, 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 no. Like, sorry, I am a, I am a bit of a, I'm a Danny sympathizer. I'm sorry, I am. It's Danny okay. is like I'm a Jenny apologist. I- the literally the Gen Q bet, in my opinion. Yeah, she is, but that's yeah. why I don't like her. <laughs> yeah, because now I'm older. That's why you don't like it. Wow, I'm older now, and I'm like, you need to tone it the down. Real <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited for um, Angie's sister. Yes, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. oh, me too. I forgot about that until you've literally just mentioned that. <laughs> yes. I'm excited for that too. That's uh, all. Carry on. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is just a couple more. Basically, I'm 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 giving you some free advertising, or I'm trying. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, what's one episode? This can be you guys can have the same answer, or you can have two different answers. Doesn't matter. Okay. What's an episode of your podcast that you're really proud of? Ooh. Well, the L word ones. That's kind of biased though, because I'm on this. The L word one got. I think that was the, got the most hits that we've yeah. had on one episode. The OGL one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say as a personal one, 
for me, it would be like the one where I talk about my queer experience growing up in a church and in religion. I love that. Um, that so because it's, I'd, I am a bit of an oversharer and I do like, not to be very like up myself, but I like talking about myself just in case I help someone else. <laughs> um, and yeah, I just like that giving some like personal touches on the podcast as well because as much as I like talking about films and queer media I think it's important to try and talk about our own experiences and what we've dealt with and know that like other people can relate to us even if it's not something that people should relate to so that I think on a personal level that would be mine because I couldn't imagine myself doing something like that like a couple of years ago in the slightest when I was like in the closet um so yeah that's (laughs) and I loved that episode because it did have that personal touch Um, but I think my Mm -hmm. favorite isn't one that we've recorded yet it's one that's going to come out eventually like it's an idea it's in the works Um, well I think it was about later (laughs) okay well you don't have to spoil anything if you don't want to. But my next question was going to be, what's a topic you haven't covered yet that you really want to? Oh, okay. I could talk about it here. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Go on. Go so on. We have this idea that we're going to sort of pitch in the next couple months, maybe. Start of next month, middle of next month-ish, where we want to have people come and tell us about like their first love so maybe like 10 different oh. people come and tell us about their first love or their first crush or the person that made them realize that they were gay or queer in any way and just have all these people come and tell their stories i love that that's great wow yeah. that's a person and we want like all different ages and all different mm-hmm. all different people and backgrounds and stories and yeah I love yeah that. like i know quite a few people in the LGBT community who are of the older generation and I've been thinking about popping them a message and being like hey would you be comfortable like talking about this and if they say yeah that'll be incredible and honestly anyone who wants to share their story is is completely welcome yes and the more merrier at DLDT podcast on Twitter or Instagram (laughs) wow Molly are you psychic yes no that's two questions (laughs) in a row <laughs> that you've answered before I've asked them I'm sorry. because my my last question <laughs> my last question was going to be and maybe you can just repeat it so that we can make sure that they get it okay. if after hearing all of this wonderfulness that you guys are laying out here people are like I need to go listen to every episode of this podcast right now how would they go about doing that um, so you can find us on Spotify or iTunes or wherever you get your podcast, really. And if there's anywhere that you can't get it, just let us know. Um, we're Do Ladies Do That Podcast. And you can message us on Twitter or Instagram at DLDT Podcast. Sweet. Jules, anything else? I, I love talking to you. I love seeing your presence online. And I think you guys are a breath of fresh air. Love you guys. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Truly, truly. Yeah. Anyway, this has been episode 16 of All Things to Bed. I'm Taylor and I am not Brittany, I'm Jules. (laughs) From Dan Tina House.
tuning in to another episode of All Things Tibet Podcast, hosted by myself, Brittany, and my other co-host, Taylor. You can find our main podcast page on anchor.fm slash allthingstibet. You can find us on social media, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And the rest of the summer will include more interviews with other Tibet slash L-word creators. We will be interviewing some OG and some newer Gen Q fans, and we'll continue through our review of season one of the original series. Thank you to all those who continue to listen, who have supported us, and make this podcast what it is. We love you all, and we'll see you next week.